0: He looked like his name should be Pierre, and it was definitely because of the raspberry Berry. beret. He wore a raspberry beret. I'm sorry, Naconti. uh so. What I'm talking about, this is what I'm talking about. <laughs> We're all just going to get really petty I with each other. I know. The I whole have episode so low <laughs> Every episode. This is what
1: I'm talking about. See, when you do this, Alex, right there. This is exactly why. And then they wonder why I'm quiet. Wow. And now I can't even be myself? (laughs) Is what you're saying? All of those references, I had no idea. That was was a Prince song. Uh, Yeah. Still, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) Making references that only he could get because that's a deep cut. Let me
2: be myself.
0: I know when me and Junior go into SpongeBob cuts. I
1: swear. I'm like this is why i'm gonna be quiet now how does just he not know these sh- no and i'm not saying that you have to like it. just do it. you don't have to just, contribute if you don't be want like this. to i'm gonna be yeah guys doing it again oh, or you can do I'm just kidding, Wait, wait wait,
0: wait. I- you can make my uh
1: my podcast listener noises oh oh mm-hmm. okay 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 i'll do mm-hmm. that i'll do that Really? But I don't want Good you to referring. think I'm being petty now. No, no, I'm so kidding, dude. Huh. That's the deep cut is that mm. he's always petty.
0: Damn. I'm I just Huh. I sowed some bad blood. Mm, really? in here. Bad blood c- cornfield. Mm. Really? I feel like I feel like you're just like on a first date and you're making just the appropriate noises to at least make yourself sound interested enough to where I'll still fuck you later.
1: Okay, okay. Mm.
0: I gotta say I'm still gonna fuck you later.
1: Oh, 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 okay. (laughs) Mm.
0: Okay, okay. Mm. so good. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. Okay. Um, Last week, the Hidden Shadows did us the kindness and uh, threw some magic created a portal so that we can have a remote podcast. Today, we're together all in the same chamber as a family, as a unit, as one. And we are, apparently there's construction in the next room.
2: It's got a little funk to it.
0: We are going to do our episode today, our review on the art of self-defense. What is that even about? It's about self defense and art. He he defends himself by sketching something real quick right before they punch him in the face, and then he shows it to them, and they're like, "Damn, that's a good sketch!" And they're like, "You can have it if you don't punch me in the face." And then they don't punch him in the face.
2: But I, the twist is, is that this is all just a really, really big JoJo reference.
1: I actually pulled up a mm. really good interview that i want to (laughs) dissect with you all that would be fantastical
0: but let me introduce my name my name is alex not
1: himself though just his
0: name who are you alex hmm and who are you sir i don't know you are Khan. are am i aka junior aka junebug i'm just gonna i'm letting you all know the names that i will be using for him who him is i
2: am the powerful the sensual
1: the indestructible Mushu.
0: Is he going to be in the next in in in, in Mulan? Okay, no, in the...
1: no, he's not. They're Sad. actually remaking that movie very differently than they've been remaking the Disney films.
0: I'm still so balls excited.
1: That deep voice that you guys just heard
0: right now—that robust, strong voice—is it really though? It is none other than our very own Nakansi.
2: Are you sure it's not a little petty? <laughs> Mm. mm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. All right. Mm. You feel it? job definitely feel.
0: We're we're having like one of those episodes where we uh, gave each other constructive criticism, <laughs> and we're a little salty about
2: it. You know, like being open to new ideas. All right.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. You want me to fix oh. that? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Edit your voice here. Edit your voice here. Edit your voice here. Okay,
0: Hmm. Alex. Maybe I should be in charge yeah. of the editing this time, so I can edit your dumb voice out of there. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. mm. <laughs>
0: so we we love each other. We swear. Yeah, we swear. We watched swearing is bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, mother. Um, we watched the art of self defense, a fantastical movie. But before we get into Khan's game corner, let's go to Khan's game corner. Oh wait, you don't have one.
1: <laughs>
2: no, I'm in a very depressive mood right now.
0: Gone, Khan's Game Corner is uh is closed for business for now. Uh, temporarily. Gone fishing. And uh, they'll be they'll be back. But Nakansi
1: has a recommendation yeah, for us wel- today. Welcome to Nakan's Game Corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Opa. laughs> uh, currently we are finishing up Comic Con, as you know. Uh, they've been releasing some crazy new news. <laughs> um, Hell but yeah. I just got a new game called Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 for the Switch. How be- is be- that be- shit? Ah, oh, fantastic. Very nostalgic. Uh, if anybody has ever played like X-Men Legends or the Marvel Ultimate Alliance games, they're just like a beat up game that you can play with four, uh, four people. That's fun. Yeah, um, a bunch of different characters. So you've been playing that
0: one. Yeah. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite uh, character to play right now?
1: I actually just got to maybe the second level, and now I'm I have Miles Morales Spider Man. Oh fuck yes! Peter Parker Spider Man, uh, Gwen Stacy Spider Gwen. Oh shit! And Venom as my team right now. Oh, you have a Spider team? Yeah, Vince right Justin, now. Justin, he is Spider
0: That was the news noise. Mm. Mm. Hey, dude, you and I (laughs) connect on that aspect, though, because I'm a huge Spider-Man fan.
1: You will love this game because it's basically, it's taking Thanos' Infinity uh, Gauntlet story, which is a very old story that's told over and over and over again. Um, But it's taking that and bringing... All of the Marvel characters together, so you have uh, Spider-Man, you have Captain Marvel, you have all the Avengers, you even have the X-Men.
0: Oh fuck yeah! Finally, yeah. Finally,
1: that's exciting. Finally, um, and they have cool cinematics. I'm just having a having a good old time. Just so, having a really good yeah. uh really good nostalgia trip. One Net- thing, yeah, Nintendo Switch allows you to not only play with four people on one screen but you can also play it online that's dope the crazy part is why is this game not on the ps4 and the xbox that's really weird.
0: weird to me yeah it's really weird i mean good for nintendo for like giving reasons for people to buy a switch other than super smash brothers
1: but marvel ultimate alliance has always been on all consoles yeah now it's only on the switch that does suck uh, probably just for a limited amount of time, maybe for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. That won't last. Yeah. Um, what I, I was
2: going to bring up is that it's getting... Uh, for how good Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is getting online as far as reviews go, it's also getting some pretty mixed reviews where it's definitely limited by the Nintendo Switch as far as uh, powerhousing goes.
1: Graphics are, yeah. Yeah.
2: Some people are really, really just not into the... I. I haven't looked too much into it, but I guess it has some sort of minor cell shading to give it a comic book feel, and a lot of people online are just not not digging it. Uh, some of the and and then some of the other p- complaints that come up for it are like really funny because objectively, that's the gameplay. That's like the game style. It's a beat 'em up. Of course, you're gonna just beat up a bunch of minions and and power up.
0: Is it almost like, like a um, well? Is it almost like a Dynasty Warriors type feel? Or no? Not as many like
1: Not as many people okay. that you're fighting. Mm-hmm. You're fighting it's, more one on one. It's no no, it's really you're fighting a bunch of people. Yeah. Um it's it's like <laughs> the people that complain about this game are people that obviously shouldn't be playing this game. Right. Because if you like Marvel Ultimate Alliance mm-hmm. or any action beat 'em up game where you just mash buttons and like make the screen flash crazy colors, then you're not, this game's not for you. Yeah. Why would you go into uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 expecting God of War? It just doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, I got
2: you. Yeah.
1: Like, I don't go and watch a Transformers movie expecting uh, the art of self-defense.
2: And a good plot.
1: Yeah. Or Yeah. I take offense to that.
0: <laughs> okay, not a good plot, but good, like, well-rounded characters.
1: There you
2: go. That's a little better because, like that, like the Transformers themselves are like amazing characters. I'm but talking
0: about you, Megan Funks. But I like her
2: toe thumbs. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a that was a really big tangent. So again, going back to uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance <laughs> Three,
1: it is a fun game. It's fun. All yeah, right, go play it's that. It's tons shit. of fun.
2: It is hella flashy. And as far as action RPG aspects go, I haven't heard a single complaint about the actual leveling up, like RPG aspects to it.
1: I give it, like, a, I give it a, a solid seven and a half out
2: of ten. Right.
0: Well, now I have a second reason to buy Switch, uh, and as soon as it comes out on Xbox, I'm gonna forget about buying a Switch and play it on Xbox One. Um, I have a recommendation, um, but. Usually, this is where Junior interrupts me, so I'm gonna go ahead and start it, and then give you the opportunity to interrupt me.
2: Oh, right. So I'm Here just gonna go. actually just jump in on game design, talking about whatever you think you do bring up. Good job. Because right now I'm just I'm in a sad place. Okay. In a sad space. I miss.
0: It. Space. I miss. I wish you had something to interrupt me with.
2: I know, but right now I'm in such a sad space that all I can do is yell and get my energy out somewhere. Don't do this do is it. just I know. The
0: pl- not the place. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got my recommendation. One song, and that is "Sad Dance" by Cat Company. It is fierce. It is beautiful. It is witty. It's as if Beyonce was a teen in the peak of the screamo music era. Oh my goodness, Beyonce going to her first concert. Frizzy hair, thick framed glasses braces and everything that's how it makes me feel um but it's a it's a really dope song for sure um and as a guy who's in his 30s and is terrified of becoming that person who listens to the same rotation of music from high school um it's a breath of delicious vape filled air thank you con um no at the end of the song so it's a really cool like metal song beautiful (laughs) guitar work And at the end, you get that um, 8-bit Nintendo music ending as like an outro. So go check them out. You better bet your ass that I'm going to post this song along with a few other artists that I found on our stories. Go listen to those, fam, and support the Screamo scene and keep paying these fools to make beautiful music.
2: Also call call Alex on his bet. He has he's bet the entire ass that's both cheeks, that's a full goddamn moon. Yes. Oh yeah, just the entire ass exactly,
0: yeah. right. Yeah. He's bet
2: mm-hmm. both cheeks on this. Both
0: of them. I will I will pay if you prove me wrong in some way.
1: Um yes. I actually have a list of a bunch of new music that i've been listening to okay we have 30 percent. okay ready here we go uh dreamville records revenge of the dreamers 3 j cole and his team uh Eris by jaden smith uh let's see let's see let's see the lost tapes 2 by nas fire uh rouge by yuna angels pulse by blood orange and three by Banks. And one last one. One more thing. Ed Sheeran's new album. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number six, Collaborations Project. A lot of good it's, lot it's of a, good music out right now. It's
2: absolutely amazing. I've been a big fan of Ed Sheeran for a long time. And it's just like he just put together what was essentially like a feature album. Just him working with a bunch of people he's wanted to work with. That's exciting. So it's really cool.
0: Okay, now on to the meat of the meat sandwich. Uh, Full
2: meat sandwich. No potatoes, no bread. Nothing.
0: Not even lettuce. Okay, yes, lettuce, because you need fiber. Okay, boys and girls. Otherwise, you don't poop, Nikansi. So, we watch The Art of Self-Defense, and for this very special movie, I wanted to bring back a segment that we haven't done in a while, and that's the one minute plot breakdown. Um... Timer! Junior, I don't need you to time me. I can. You can use me, teléfono si quieres.
2: I'm just trying to make weird noises on the phone, or on on the microphone, since I don't have a game corner to talk about anything important to me and important in my life anymore.
0: I feel like it's somewhat making up for it, but not enough. But
2: I appreciate the.
0: Appreciate it. You sound like a sad llama.
2: Five, four, three, two, one, go!
0: What does it take to be a man, IPAs, beards, ironically drinking teenies in a pink polo just to show how little of a fuck you give? Yeah, maybe. Casey's going to find out all about this in this movie. Casey is an unripened tomato with a tiny Datsun dog to call his best friend. And he gets mugged by cool motorcycle guys because that's what cool motorcycle guys do. Now, he's super afraid can't buy his dog dog food now they split in onion soup hiding inside should he buy a gun no karate will solve it but wait sensei's not the male role model with awesome taste in music and belts he thought he was turns out he's a weirdo who makes naked massages by not women his priority maybe you should have bought that gun also rainbow colored belts defeat black belt it's a fact and that's the movie.
2: Wow, you had two seconds left. Well done.
1: Nicely done. <laughs> I was sweating it there in the end. Uh, yeah, this movie is definitely an uh, an art independent film. Uh, for most people who who are going into this expecting like some strange like straight up comedy film, this is not what it is. Uh, they're actually calling this this movie um our next fight club because what happens is when people go to these kind of movies most of the audience will miss the underlying message but the directors of these films don't hold your hand they just give you the movie and and have you take from it what you will yeah
0: i i really appreciate um uh the work that they did in this movie because um, I feel like the underlying message is, you know, what is masculinity? And and what anxiety do we go through as guys based off of those expectations that, that society sets on us?
1: What is toxic masculinity, hyper-masculinity? Right. What is over the top?
0: And, like, what role are we supposed to play in society? And, like, Casey is um, a character who's just anxious all the time. He wants to fit in with with dudes, he can't connect with them. Um so and he goes through that traumatic experience which seems to be like the icing on the cake for him and that's where Yeah, he he kind of found some kind of guidance in that class, but at the end of the day like he found out that that's not the role that he's supposed to fill, like he's supposed to do it in his own way.
1: Crazy part that was the whole idea. That was his, his sensei's plan. To oh yeah, to give him enough free will to make his own choice. Yeah, it's really interesting. And he interesting. did, and he killed his dun dun dun. Spoiler.
0: <laughs> I tried to.
2: It's not like it's not like you it. have to rewind the tape a little bit so you don't hear the first part of that but sentence. This but. film,
1: this is a very j- Japanese film. When you watch a Japanese film and it's uh, eccentric, Mm -hmm. it's over the top. It has weird comedy randomly. And then it just comes back full circle. Yeah. Like Like Blade of the Immortal. Like Phoenix
2: Wright, Ace Attorney. Oh,
1: Remember when we watched Blade of the Immortal? (laughs) When we were at the theater, we're like, all right, I can dig it. It's kind of weird. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in. That's what, dude.
0: But that's what I liked about it is that they they've incorporated really good humor, uh, in this movie to make it a little more relatable, um, which may be why people won't get the underlying message underneath it all. But it, at the end of the day, it was really funny. Like
2: there was a lot of really, really just dark humor going on in that movie, and I loved it. It I, was great. I was upset that. I didn't need you uh, to be there to, like, think about the movie, but the whole time it's still like, uh, he's buying a gun, guns are weak. I would like, I would like to purchase a
0: gun. I would like one that would fit in my hand. Sounds like you need a hand gun. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds exactly like what I
1: Jesse Eisenberg. Well, all the actors in this film were fantastic. They were phenomenal. I just really like Jesse Eisenberg's movies. They're just... He's this such a good per- actor.
2: This one in particular is like low key kind of typecasting him into like those mannerisms for sure. But he does them so well. You're like, "Oh yeah, he's being meek because he's meek." <laughs> he has this
1: deadpan kind of sense of humor. Yeah. Or delivery, I should say.
0: Um like the tough the tough part is like, "Fuck, man, he's" What would you think? He's like a little more masculine Michael Sarah, Yeah. Yeah,
2: he's more normal, Michael Sarah. <laughs> he's
0: like uh, he's like Michael Sarah Squirtle, and uh, and uh, he's Wartortle.
1: Yeah, Michael Sarah Squirtle. Wow, and he's War that's Tertle. really really bad. Who's Who's but Blastoise? Also, yeah. Um, it's um, Brad it's, Pitt. It's, nope, nope, no, it's not no. Uh, it's Michael Adam J. Fox. Adam Sandberg. Adam Sandberg is Blastoise. Andy Sandberg. Andy Sandberg, we done Adam like- Sandler is
2: Blastoise. No, he's
0: he's Mega Evolution. No, he's not. That's he's an me- insult. He's
2: Mega Blastoise? That's, that's an insult. I don't know. He's really confident about everything he does. Eh. Well,
1: he is kind of uh, the king of his uh, little area. But the problem is
0: that I like Blastoise. I don't like Adam Sandler.
1: Well, you ha- nothing he puts out is worth watching now. But he has so much history.
0: I guess at the time. Because yeah. Wedding, Wedding Singer is actually a really good movie. It I is went back and movie. watched it.
1: Uh, Punch Drunk Love. I haven't watched it. Is a good movie. Is that an it's, older one? He's he's just acting in It's not even comedy. There's
2: another one that he's also just acting in. Um, and I'm having a lot of trouble trying to remember the name. The Longest Yard. No.
1: I just remember Nellie in that movie. (laughs) Uh,
0: I remember Goldberg. Stone Cold Steve Austin.
2: There we go. I remembered it. So there's another movie that he's just straight acting in. And Mm -hmm. it's alongside Don Cheadle. And it's called Rain On Me. And it's really, really important to me because I just, I thought it was brilliant. And also they use a video game as like a centerpiece for what is what is going on, and that video game is Shadow of the Colossus.
1: You're going to watch an Adam Sandler documentary with me, and then you're going to appreciate him.
2: Yeah.
0: But enough
1: about Adam Sandler.
0: Why don't we get into some badass moments about this movie? I can start us. Here can we you?
2: go. Kenya, Kenya, Kenya. I love that Kenya? place. It's Kenya? so nice Kenya? in the in the winter. Canada, Canada, Canada. Kendall Jenner. Kendra?
0: The fight between Anna and Thomas in the night class. Thomas is the gentleman who got promoted to black belt. Oh,
2: no. Take that word back. He's the fucking bastard.
0: Well, yeah, obviously. And that's why he was so badass. When she kicked his ass, it was one of the longer fight scenes and one of the more technical fight scenes that you saw. And she was just fucking brutal. It was great.
2: It was amazing.
0: Yeah. Just combined grappling, combined striking, and, and a little bit of... If it's, if it's karate and, like, flips, is it still wushu? No. Hmm. Hmm.
1: Well, with flips, that is judo. Judo. Thanks, man. Chop, no, chop, no, no, no. Chop. Not her flipping Judo. Him, but fight. they were kind
0: of doing some acrobatic shit, too, like oh, in that fight.
1: That's just movie stuff. Just Cirque du Soleil. Got it. Yeah. Chop,
0: chop, chop. Um, judo flip. Let's see. I got another one. But I'll save this until you guys give yours. Go ahead. I'm cueing you with my eyes, Junior.
2: I can't see.
0: Oh God! There's a... mm. Oh no! It's too strong, too strong of a cue. I've broken him. Let me try. Oh Jesus! The <laughs> He's gonna recover. Do you have a badass moment?
1: I do. Okay. Uh, her speech at the very end of the film. God
0: damn it, that was the one. Okay, go ahead. That, I have the line. There you go.
1: That was that was the the cherry on the top for me. That was the it's on the top. whole meaning of this movie. You can be brutally compassionate and savagely peaceful. God
0: damn it, dude. I remembered it. I wrote it down a day later and it just it stuck with me too.
1: Yeah, it that <laughs> That is the underlying message. 100%. And uh, the whole movie, there's a lot of the things. Of course, you're waiting for the movie to, to get crazy. Right. You're like, okay, basically, we're watching a Japanese slice of life film.
2: Whoa, slice of life in terms of-
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a slice of life. You're mm-hmm. really living uh, Casey's life just day by day. What's he doing? Next step. Next, next thing.
0: Speaking of slice of life. How bad did you guys want a like anime beach episode of watching Anna being the the new master of the class and like Casey teaching the students and everybody's like happy and in harmony like under this new sensei because this is how it was supposed to be. I wanted that just to please my weeaboo soul.
2: That was that was the ending credits where they didn't show us anything. They just kept you kept hearing things,
0: and you were seeing the close-up picture of the of uh, the dog, yeah, <laughs> right next to the rainbow belt master. Rainbow
2: belts. <sighs> uh, my badass moment was when he protects Anna. Yes, I was like, yeah, that's what training is for. With the with fucking the fucking do it
0: the cop. Yeah, when he disarmed the cop. Yeah, beautiful.
2: And then it took it a step further, and I'm like, yeah, that's toxic. Hell
1: yeah. yeah. The story of the finger kill. Badass. (laughs) Badass moment. Badass moment. This is how stories get passed down sometimes. Yeah. These are how legends are made. Yep. Okay. Uh, This interview is actually a really good interview um, by SlashFilm.com. And they got to sit down with the director, Riley Stearns, and kind of discuss the film. Uh, Some of the key points that I want to talk about is this first question. Martial arts movies are always about someone training until he can fight his bullies. This might be one of the first movies where the bullied person ends up becoming a bully himself, which is a very modern perspective. Is this something you've been thinking about with regards to the underdog martial arts movies? And uh, Riley Stearns goes ahead and says... I guess it was a theme, not with regards to martial arts. I was thinking more in the context of what people were expecting. Like you said, there are lots of martial arts movies where the trajectory you've grown up into and are conditioned to accept. But you could take anything from any sports movie. Somebody who's an underdog and trains and works hard and eventually overcomes, or in the process of trying to overcome, loses but ultimately gains more in their loss than they would have in their win. I didn't want that to happen in the same way, I wanted a movie that started off in that vein. Then, as it went along, essentially halfway through the film, I wanted the rug to be pulled out from under you and you be woken up in a way that you thought you knew what was going to happen and you have no idea. Along the way, like you said, he takes on the bully aspect. He's trying to come to the teachings of sensei and most of those are very very bad teachings very overtly horrible things that he's embracing. I think even in a spoilery sense, even in the way that he kind of overcomes at the end, it's him embracing a little bit of that darkness that he's gathered along the way for the greater good. In my opinion, Casey may make some decisions in the way that he solves his problems that's almost like a self-sacrifice. I'm doing this because I have to so nobody else has to go through with it. Or so nobody else has to deal with it in the future. For him, I think it's all about how you honor the dojo, which is so funny to say in an interview. But he's really looking for the honor of the dojo and really concerned about that. He's willing to sacrifice his own morality for the greater good. That's what was important for me. That was something I definitely wanted to do.
0: Okay, is that the uh, is that the end of Riley's uh, answer? Yes. Okay. Um, I do. <sighs> I do like that question because he was like, yeah, on some level, Casey kind of became the bully, the bully. But he, he, he didn't really have a choice, right?
1: Well, he, it's funny because you know, when he talks about how he wanted to have the rug pulled out from under us Mm -hmm. as the audience, well, he puts Casey in very real situations and gives him choices and some of the choices that Casey makes are good choices. Like, for example, when that guy parks and just swings the door open and smashes his car, he could easily just hit the guy in the throat, but he made a conscious choice of, you know, staying calm and said, that's okay, it's not even worth the fight.
0: But he was frustrated about it. I think... Um I think I because like cause he drove away crying uh, very beautifully. I really liked <laughs> that scene See, of him driving yeah. away from that. But I feel like I would have been frustrated. I'd been like, damn it, Alex, why didn't you step up and beat the shit out of that guy? Rip off his beard. And I think you're coming at it from the from the perspective of somebody who's already been studying martial arts and you know that the right move is to avoid the altercation.
1: Yeah, well, not necessarily avoid. I would have stood up for myself. Um, he just, this movie is about extremes, of course. Right. So, it didn't show him finding a middle ground. It showed him either giving up completely or killing somebody.
0: Ah, oh, that's a good point. There was,
1: there was no middle ground, but that's the whole point of this movie. Yeah, okay, just, I feel you.
0: And it then, was very, very clear
1: like,
2: that he didn't have the gall. Like the concentration, the concentration took like, like what two or three minutes of on-screen time, and like I feel like eighty percent of it was just us seeing Jesse Eisenberg's body language of being like really, really meek, but also. Having that tiny bit of courage to actually speak up about it, and then getting shot down.
1: Yeah, that was the be. That was him working through it. That was the beginning of it. Um, isn't
2: isn't that a, like in a
0: weird way? Isn't that how all confrontations go? Though, like it's like a two minute thing, but it stays with you for like a long, <laughs> long ass time. You're just like, God damn it! I should have done this way, or I should have done it that way, or I should have said yeah this,
1: or I should have stood up for myself just a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. No, and and uh, the concept of Casey going, you know, the self sacrifice of him taking the sensei down. Spoil, spoiler alert. Uh, because he didn't want anybody else to go through what he's going through, and and you can tell that he he bought into what the idea of karate is. Sorry for saying it in a douchey way. Uh and No you're not. <laughs> douche. Uh, and uh um and he really wanted to like uphold the values but in the right way.
1: Yeah. And these were all values that his sensei taught him. Yeah. Just but uh-huh. to a different level of uh what his sensei was doing. It's just a different way to go to get to it.
2: But that's also part of what makes this movie such a, like, modern storytelling. Because I feel like if you had just read the script, it would read out a lot like a light novel does. Yeah. You don't really understand why he's the protagonist. And then halfway through, you're, like, rooting for him. You know, you want him to take charge of his own actions, which he starts doing. And then somehow it just spirals out of control into this kind of unrealism drama that's still rooted in like, no, this kind of stuff happens. Like this is reality.
1: (laughs) Let me tell you why this is a dark comedy Mm -hmm. because everything they touch on are very serious things. But the funny thing is that their goals in the end are the same.
0: Between it's, Casey and, and Sensei?
1: And yeah, and everybody there. All the students there. Their goal is to be able to have confidence so they can live their lives freely. Yeah. By by freely by freedom of choice. But the thing is depending if you don't have a good moral system. Your freedom of choice is, can be vastly different than the next person. Right. Yeah. It, it
0: The means that you take to get to that freedom or whether or not you care if your freedom to live by your choice is inhibiting other people's freedoms, which I don't think, which, which is what makes Casey such a hero, right? He... He knows that that's wrong. He doesn't want to inhibit other people's uh, freedoms. He wants to empower other people.
1: But that doesn't... Yes, and that doesn't happen till he makes a lot of mistakes that he still didn't even take ownership of yet. <laughs> yeah, and like, I think... Like, <laughs> like hitting his boss in the throat. Which was where everybody laughed, yeah. but he pre- could pretty much have killed his boss. <laughs> The, Wait, the one nice person to him. Nikansi, you were talking about
0: um, your audience. And you were yeah. saying that your audience was kind of fucked up because you felt like they were laughing at serious moments that you were like, this isn't meant to be funny. Like, you're not yeah. really getting the message. What were those moments for you?
1: Uh, some of those moments were basically when... When they would have like a a breakdown or not a breakdown, I should say, but like a monologue or a speech about something serious. Mm. Like, um, let's take example, uh, the, what's the girl's name in the movie? I'm really Uh, bad with character names. Okay, Anna. Uh, Her real name is like Imogen. Um, But Anna, she's explaining... (laughs) Um, how to how the students need to train and how to to be safe but also how to you know protect yourself right don't how not to expect your you know your partner to to be like responsive all the time everybody's human so yes your partner needs to pay attention to these things but it's also up to you to protect yourself yeah tap or, tap or take a nap tap
0: or take a nap yeah
1: <laughs> which was hilarious but i feel like a lot of people missed what she said what she was explaining was very important and the way she broke it down on how to train with your partner was was well done and the funny thing is the only, the reason why riley stearns got that down so excellently was because he is a practitioner of jujitsu.
0: Yeah, let's do another question. Um, how many more do you want to do? You want to do like two, uh, two or three more? Yeah,
2: yeah. Let's see. Really, bef- like really quick before you get in- into that. I wanted to bring up that like, and I don't remember what part in the pod this ends up coming up, but like you mentioned, how this should go down as as powerful as like Fight Club, and in that particular sense, uh, we we're just a second ago we were talking about how the like freedom of choice doesn't necessarily mean the freedom of consequences right Ooh. and that is really really evident in fight club as well where it's just they don't know what they want to do so they join they join Tyler Durden's cult and he keeps telling them they have the freedom to do whatever like just but they they never take responsibility for essentially becoming terrorists and then it culminates in the end with spoiler alert for if you somehow haven't seen Fight Club yet, the whole explosion of the uh, of the building.
1: And and that's what happens when you have um a powerful thought of freedom, but with ignorance. That's how easily it can go the wrong way. Ignorance. Yeah,
0: not taking into consideration what the consequences
1: are. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh next question. Are you satirizing the underdog myth? And uh, Stearns says, I don't want to think I'm making fun of anything ever, especially my characters. I know that some people feel like I'm being so mean and beating Casey down too much. For me, I never look down at my characters. I see a lot of myself in Casey. Maybe that's why it's okay for me and I don't see that I'm being mean to him because I feel like any hit that he gets is like me taking a jab at my own psyche and who I am and who I think I'm supposed to be. Satirical. Did I say that right? Satirical? Satirical. Satirical, maybe, isn't necessarily because I don't want to see it as making fun of something. And I think that... Ah, shit. I can't say this word. Satirically? No. (laughs) They use, like, satire in, like, every single form. Okay. (laughs) Satirize. Okay, okay. Okay, okay, okay. I got it. I got it. One... Two, three, satirical. Boy. Satirical, maybe. Is not necessarily because I don't want to see it as making fun of something? And I think satir, <laughs> satirizing, satirizing, <laughs> s- satirizing. Is that satirizing? Satire. Wow, Riley Stearns. I know satirizing. the word. Huh? Satirizing. satirizing. We did. We did not sound. Satirizing. 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 Hey, I satir- can use the word satirize. Satire. satirizing Satirizing. satirical satirical satirizing 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 Satirizing. yeah
0: you just have to say it in your goblin voice
1: yeah uh he's he's like not over here because satirical i mean satire satirical okay satire satirizing got it go (laughs) okay Satirical, maybe, isn't necessarily because I don't want to see it as making fun of something, and I think that satirizing something sometimes means you think you're better than something, and I definitely don't. But I do want to have fun with something and expectations. I want to play with those expectations and play with my opinion of myself and other men and who we are as society. All those are ideas that are under the surface and then in other instances, super strong nose right in front of your face. But I never want anything to feel like it's preachy or talking down to the audience. I want people to still be able to relate and have fun.
0: Okay. I like his answer because, um, yes, on some, there were, there were a lot of moments in Casey's, uh, uh, character where he was going through struggle and I was like, yo, I've I've gone through this struggle. I've gone through the nervousness of, you know, trying to fit in with like overly masculine coworkers or whatever, right? And, and I do think that the best way to make other people relate to you is by adding humor to it. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's okay. I think it's okay that he made... he made these instances these struggles funny
1: i am glad that he says in this interview uh that he doesn't want people to think he's making fun of anything especially his characters right because really all all of these characters are him in some fashion
0: oh interesting
1: that's that's what he's trying to tell people cuz he wrote this movie he directed it he's trying to tell a story and at the same time give many different perspectives because especially as a as a student of a martial art he's everything that Casey is going through he's he's that thought those thoughts come from somewhere right and everything that uh just little certain aspects uh are just little thoughts of wisdom um he's pulled and and you can see how things can get twisted even accidentally
0: yeah when you um when you put it like that i mean i can see see now you kind of give a human side to the sensei as crazy as he may seem on some level it's a frustration um, that that men are afraid. So on some levels, he wants to get these weak men and and get them stronger so that they don't have to feel whatever fear that they do feel um, on a regular basis and make them more confident and strong. Except he just took it to 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 the extreme.
1: Yes. He didn't get their permission. He just did it. Yeah. But he was very he was thought, very, he was he very helpful was, um, to Casey. Like, he
0: thought it was what was best for them.
1: Right, right. But instead of asking them and having them decide, he just he just did it. Yeah. But he's yeah, really he the wrong.
2: like the like glass shoe, like glass slipper of his character is that it is incredibly ignorant to force people in those situations and then help them up. Like, it's just insane to know that, without knowing more of the backstory behind him and the, uh, the first teacher, the one with the rainbow belt. <laughs> it was just. It's like, I like, and at some point that teacher must have taught him a lot about a lot about these kinds of things of like becoming a man right like what makes you manly but then on some other level he never taught him like acceptance of those feelings talking those like knowing how to address those emotions and then supposedly killed him with a good old-fashioned pinky-sized finger hole (laughs) the brain
1: (laughs) i mean the fantastic thing about this movie is if you watch the first half you're like oh wow okay this sensei is really helping out casey and this school of people and then of course halfway through the film is when the director wants to flip things over and then it just turns for the worse right but when he explains um uh, like okay if you know, it's totally okay that you were watching class. Is, next time you can take a free class, see how you like it, and we can go from there.
0: Yeah, he was so like that's the thing about Sensei is that he was so like he seemed very reasonable, right? He seemed like a just a very reasonable uh human being. And and like you could trust him. And then but but when he when he flipped over to that to that crazy side, nothing really changed about his his attitude, the person he was. You know what I mean? It wasn't like he was bipolar. No, no he, he was, was
1: still a likable person. He just he, did crazy shit.
0: He, it was just the shit that he was doing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was like okay, what you said was right. Oh, but that's not how you should go about that. I like, think that's why he was. Why like, he was like, like. He was like, I found him. I found the motorcycle. I found the yeah. guy and this uh, you've been waiting to handle it alright we're gonna handle it of yeah. course <laughs> and uh, yeah yeah it just went went to a whole nother level
0: well and I think that's what made him so unpredictable right you just yeah. didn't know what he was gonna do next and that's what made him scary yeah yeah I liked Sensei yeah. I liked his person his, uh, his character
1: his and character was really cool and it was hilarious his lines, too. Were, his lines were good <laughs> His speeches were fantastic. Oh, yeah. When he was talking to the whole class.
0: (laughs) Which one? (laughs) The martial arts is a language or which one?
1: Oh, just all of them. Yeah, he's... Everybody had really good monologues. Like, I want to rewatch it to listen to the monologues.
2: I think another thing that comes up when you think about Sensei is, I mean, this this is more in retrospect, though, because it's been a long time since we've seen the movie, and by a long time, I mean, like, long enough. But, like,
1: in retrospect... Long days are two days for Juju.
2: <laughs> it's been long. My brain don't know how to do things. <laughs> oh, you no. Know, you know what one thing I can do? What's that? I can satire satirically. Can you
0: satirizing? Satirize, can you satirize? Satirize.
1: Something? <laughs> I'm gonna satirize satirically. Sometimes some Tyrannosaurus Rexus.
2: Sometimes strange <laughs> things summon up satirical satire. Satirizing satire. Now that
1: <laughs> is Satanism.
2: I think I got
0: a nosebleed.
1: Okay, let's but, go back no, to but, this. But really though,
2: like uh-huh. the, the thing I was trying to talk about was uh sensei up until like the halfway point when things get flipped she seems like a great teacher is also is a good character like we're all agreeing but at that halfway point when things get flipped the way that the movie was the, the whole story of the movie is told suddenly shows you like the unpredictable like wh- where does this guy draw the line right so, like, that's exactly he literally it. has the power to kill people and where does he draw the line and you, you know
1: in Fight Club, when Ty when he meets Tyler Durden, which is himself, Edward Norton meets Brad Pitt. Yeah, uh, you're like, wow, okay, he's really helping. Uh, he's really helping this guy out. He's saying all the right things, and then it just goes too far. It's the same. It's the same idea.
2: Yeah, like you don't know where the line gets drawn, and the characters keep showing you what's after the Like. Where you personally may have drawn the line, like the movie just continues onward, showing you what happens on the other side of whatever line you thought existed.
0: Did the I next, really, uh-huh. I do really like. I'm just my final thought. I do really like that that we're drawing parallels between this and the Fight Club.
1: I want to rewatch both.
0: <laughs> I do too.
2: Toxic right. masculinity has been a real thing for a long time
1: do you think toxic men like sensei will get that he's not a good role model and they shouldn't be like him i can't speak for other people and i hope that people who watch it see a little bit of themselves in sensei obviously sensei is an over-the-top character and he's a very on-the-nose representation of masculinity to a fault that's what it's supposed to be I hope some people see a little bit of themselves in it and ask some questions of themselves. I also think that a lot of those kind of guys are set in their ways as well. Who's to say? But if the film is making fun of anything, it's making fun of that idea of toxic masculinity. It's two words. I don't think I ever thought of as I was writing the script because they weren't thrown away in the same way when I was writing it. In a weird way, even though I wrote it four years ago, I think it's more relevant now than it would have been had I made it that year. So everything happens for a reason. I hope people are able to get in on the joke of it all, but I also have no delusions of grandeur. I'm not making any statements with this movie, but maybe a comment on that was important for me. Uh, Sensei and Anna aren't jokes. They believe in karate, right? And Stern says, very much so. I feel like Sensei believes in karate and is actually very very good at karate, but he's drunk on power at the dojo. As a character, he probably outside of the dojo is still picked on. If he goes to the grocery store, he's wearing his socks and sandals with a tucked in shirt. I think that people snicker at him behind his back and he feels that. So he brings that negative energy into the dojo and that's how he goes about the way that he teaches, especially in the night classes. So I think he's got a little bit of hurt in him and he's reacting to that in a negative way. Anna is kind of like the counter to him. She sees all the good that can come from karate, and that's why she sticks around. And she's at, she sees there's the next generation of children coming up in it too. She's sticking around because she knows that even though it's being taught to her and to students in a way that is not doing any good, she sees what the overall can do, and she hopes that maybe she can have an effect on people. It's one of those things where if she sticks around, she thinks she'll help steer it in the right direction here and there, and that's important to her. She, like Casey, sees honor in the dojo and wants it to be a good thing. But so far, she's not been able to make much of an impact, and that's frustrating for her. But it's also why she feels like she has to stick around. She has to be there and just try even if it fails. I would say that Casey's not necessarily good or evil. I think that he's just pliable and malleable, and he's a sponge. I think that Anna's probably the good, but she comes across as a little bit more rage. She's got this harder exterior. She's trying to protect herself and guard her morality.
0: Okay. So I guess um, let's touch on the toxic
1: men aspect first, right? Or talk, to- yeah, toxic masculinity.
2: Well, uh, I mean, like. In both situations, like, with both characters, and I guess this makes me forward-thinking, <laughs> <laughs> like, it is not masculine, it is not unmasculine, it's not feminine to be in touch with your f- your feelings, to, like, address them and, and know how to operate around them, which is more of what gets across from Anna. Like... That that, the that that uh end of the movie speech that she gives is very, very. I mentioned in in our. I mentioned it before with, like those contradictions, are really really important for telling you that the extremes and trying to get you to get you to guide yourself, around the like everything is possible and extreme. You want to be in the balance, kind of deal.
0: Right. You were you were saying um the you can be um brutally compassionate and savagely peaceful, right? That line. Yeah. Yeah.
1: See, there's nothing wrong with masculinity or femininity. The thing that is wrong is when either of those things become poisonous.
0: Yeah, and both definitely have the capacity to become just that. If you don't, if you're not thinking things all the way through, if you're not feeling things all the way through, and you're just very shallow about the things that you do, then it could again, like, it could turn out to be really bad—a freaking fire or, or a building on fire, like in the Fight Club. You you don't think about the consequence.
1: This is a great film to um to for people to start to see. That there has to be a balance. Uh, men have to be able to talk about their emotions as well as um, uh, those that talk more about their emotions have to still. You have to be strong mentally and physically, either way. Yeah, and that and that takes takes talking and discussing, and well. not not running or or hiding away from certain thoughts or aspects. I
2: want to put a pin in something, which is we really need to get a female to tell us what toxic toxic femininity is. Like, you could look up a couple of examples, but in my brain, part of this is mostly because we are all three men, and thus we have all experienced different levels of toxic
1: masculinity. Well, yeah, because <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, <men>. we're men. <laughs> but that's why, to- like,
2: there is without a doubt in my mind... The potential for toxic femininity only because it is an extreme, but we are only accustomed to the one extreme, which is toxic masculinity, in which case yeah. we have like quite a bit we have quite a bit to talk about there <laughs> no i
0: I love that i think I think that we should do that maybe maybe the sidetrack podcast will jump on that task,
1: yeah, definitely,
0: yeah, um, all right. I think uh, I think we could wrap this bad boy up. Did you want to get into some what-the-fuck moments? The whole movie? I have one. The whole movie? I, yes, <laughs> one. And then, after the, no. Uh, I liked it. The first what-the-fuck moment, I think it's my only one, but it was when Sensei uh, broke that guy's elbow in the night class.
1: Yeah, I knew he was going to do it and I was like, oh, sadness. Oh,
0: yeah. It was it was it was coming. And again, uh it it goes back to the point that I made is that his demeanor did not change whatsoever. It was just the shit that he was doing and you were just like, fuck, this guy's crazy.
2: I think a pretty good what the fuck moment for me is pretty much the entire second half of the movie. Because it, it doesn't really stop giving you moments of, like, what just happened. And then you calm down a bit. And then it happens again. But in particular, was uh, finding out that the dachshund was murdered. Oh, man. That was, like, just... I was just like, why? Like, it, it the reason I had had me in such a strong what-the-fuck moment in particular was because I could not understand... Why, uh, Thomas? I think was the character's name. The guy who got promoted to black belt wrongly. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't understand why, other than sensei telling him to do it that he would kill that dog.
0: There was something wrong. I think Thomas was the epitome, or or the or the product of that toxic max masculinity and what somebody would become if they bought into everything that sensei was telling them right and all because,
1: they said was yes
0: yeah because like not everybody was like that um even um uh casey's uh training pa- partner which i think his name was kenneth was the african-american gentleman um the uh,
1: the older guy no, the 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 black man, the oh. African
0: American gentleman, black black gentleman. Uh, his name was Kenneth. Pulled up the IMBD.
2: Suckles. He did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he and, yeah, he seemed yeah, like a genuinely a, good dude. Good of, yeah, he he's like as far as character development and the storytelling goes, like Kenneth th- had some more morality, some more ability to question some of the things that were going on. But at the same time, he was still more of a yes man. And he, he was, was definitely... He
1: still did things that he shouldn't have. Like right. when you have a new student and you just kick them and then say, yeah. oh, oh, sorry, I was just like, I forgot how strong I am. <laughs> that's basically what he did. Yeah. And that's just like a dick move. Hey, how about uh, speaking of uh, one of the lines, uh,
0: I want you to punch with your feet. And kick with your with your fists. That's freaking about- hilarious. <laughs>
1: that that is um that is uh what you would call uh Confucianism at its finest, where you take things that are are opposite so people can think about it.
0: What about That's when a good the what the fuck moment? Though he was just like, "There's something very peculiar. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like somebody. There was like a." F- he was punched to death, but I could only find foot imprints.
1: That was pretty. Body. That's hilarious. <laughs> because, cause you know how, in really old stories, to make to make people think they would they would put it as a riddle, and then you're like, huh? How can I punch with my feet and kick with my fists? Hey, Nikanti. Hey, but let me tell you how you do that.
0: Yeah, that's what I was about to ask you.
1: Let me tell you how you do that. What Please he do. means by that is you need to be able to make your punches as strong as your kicks and your kicks as fast as your fists. Oh because your nothing is stronger than your legs.
2: Realistically it has more muscle mass. Yeah. And my, my tongue is stronger than my legs.
1: And your kicks can—they can't be as fast as your fists, but that's your goal. And my pen is stronger than my sword. That's right. <laughs> and, <laughs>
2: did you mean your penis stronger than your sword?
0: Yeah, actually, that's what I was. I didn't. It, it looked the like word. you had a typo. You in can't your script say there. pen
1: is without spelling my penis. Pen,
0: my pen is is stronger than my. Yep, that's where the mistake was.
1: Pit space. That's right. That's um. right. So <laughs> what he's saying is true. Yeah. What he's saying is true. He's trying to teach his students to whatever your weakness is, is to work on it. I love it. So Such you need the, to you need to be able to if something isn't as fast or as strong as the other thing, well, it doesn't mean that it's gonna be that fast, but you should your goal should be to make it the best as possible.
2: Realistically that also leads into the idiom of like the, the weakest link. Speaking about chains, mm-hmm. that is how mm-hmm. it works. If one chain in one link in the chain is going to be weak, then technically speaking, the, the entire chain gets becomes useless wherever it breaks, right? So, you want it to be all of them, relatively speaking, to be strong, which is mm-hmm. again the same similar thing that you're saying with you know, you, you can only punch. So fast, or so hard, you can like, kick so fast.
1: It's like uh, one of the things I like to tell um, people who are learning how to punch. Well, jabs are of course going to be your fastest strike because they're closest to your opponent. But that doesn't mean that your jab needs to be soft. You can still try and make your jab as hard as your back arm punch.
2: When you mean back arm, are you
0: talking like around like?
1: No, just your back arm,
0: like you know, like in in <laughs> your power those, punch
1: those so monsters like a, like a with like, like four arms. That's you're, why I was like, no, wait, your front they're like Junior obviously like doesn't motions. watch boxing. <laughs> I I have
0: a I have an arm in my back and and I use I take that for secret that. attacks. I have watched
1: enough
2: of a billion different games. <laughs> so when you say back punch, you're talking about your back arm.
1: Yes, yes, your back arm. Okay, see, now, that's am I a four like, like am I that's a four handed like, uh, Buddha? <laughs> I like that's why Maybe. I was saying like, huh.
2: are we still talking about like one hand? Like, oh wait, he means back arm, but he doesn't mean uh, like a back like a back swing. Junior, no. I get it, I get it. You're you're an octopus. Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go, and you have tentacles your back are hand. always strong. <laughs> tentacles, you have, please. You have a minimum of two legs and two arms, but if you're an octopus. Suddenly, you have another pair of legs, another pair of arms. Yep. Exactly. You are invincible.
1: Now you have two front arms and two back arms. Two back arms. Yep. And then two front legs legs and two back
0: legs. And two back legs. For a total of
1: eight tentacles. Eight tentacles, please.
0: Guys, um, that's our fucking episode. And. uh, don't forget to follow us on HSTSC33, on Instagram, on Facebook, Hidden Shadows of the Secret Chamber, and uh, fucking uh,
2: junior w- twitch.tv forward slash Ninja Carve. Send us out by, by singing uh, to- Toxic, because Toxic Masculine. You're toxic, toxic.
1: Slipping Slipping under. You. We love you, and we love each other, and we want you to be kind to one another
2: that's right and also be kind rewind that was a really good movie I really that was a great
0: one i, I really <laughs> like that one yeah
2: <laughs>
1: bring um, bring back blockbuster
2: bring back
0: blockbuster they tried to make a run at the red box thing and yeah, it was just an epic fail